Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the nation's capital... This is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. Casey Rolig is the media marketing manager at Buff. He has a streamlined career in fly fishing that would make anyone with aspirations in the industry jealous. We start in Michigan and end up in California. We're going to find out who's got the best beef jerky in the Bay Area and the minimalistic approach to West Coast striper fishing. I've been using Buff products for decades, and today I finally learned the origin story of the product. Would you believe it started with what Corey Matthews would refer to as underpants? Who exactly are Casey's mysterious fly fishing buddies that we're going to learn about today? He doesn't mention them by name. You can help support this podcast all summer long. Visit my website, robsnowy.com, or the Solo Stove link in my bio and my social media. Click the Solo Stove link and head over there to shop for multiple sizes of portable fire pits that are virtually smokeless. There are no holes on the sides of the stoves, so the fire pit heat goes up and not out. You're not going to melt your pants or burn off your leg hairs. If you get too close, Solo Stove also right now has got some great deals and some amazing accessories on the market. The newest is Station. Equip yourself with the perfect storage solution for your fire pit. Station can stand up to the real world and all life throws at it. Not only storing your fire pit, but protecting it from ice, rain, and snow, storing the wood underneath, and keeping your fire sticks and roasting sticks out of the way. Station is powder-coated for durability and holds up to 250 pounds. So chill by your fire pit with a cold beverage this summer, watch nostalgic fly fishing shows on Waypoints TV, drop by, maybe we can do it together. This is the Casey Rowley Podcast. All right, Mr. Casey, where are you checking in with us this evening? Hey, Rob, I am in Sonoma, California, the sister wine country city to what everyone knows, the Napa Valley. Are you there because of the wine or are you there for work or do you live The there? wine is good. 
the fishing is pretty solid, surprisingly, and work. Excellent. Yeah, our Buff headquarters is located about 40 minutes north in Santa Rosa, California. Very cool. Yeah. And for those who have not met you before, this is our first time, I believe, ever not emailing. Who do you look like in the world that somebody might bump into you on the street and ask for your autograph thinking you're somebody else? It's funny you ask this because I was just at a restaurant recently and, and got it. It was, it is, people tell me, and it's in the restaurant industry, weirdly enough, uh, Shia LaBeouf. Really? And, they, and recently he said before he went crazy, but there has been one or two other either bartenders or, or servers at restaurants over the last, I don't know, probably 12 years who, who said that. And I've never heard it from anyone else. Are you Mr. The Beef? What's the Mr. The Beef? Well, LaBeouf. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. Oh. Shia the Beef. I wonder what he's up to these days. He's in a lot of trouble. That would be it, last yeah. Role. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Normally, we don't get anybody that actually gets called out. So that's that's cool. No, I'm just kind of your average guy. Yeah, so your cell phone's got Michigan. Is that where you grew up or is that just where you have your phone from? Yep, those are my roots. 906 is uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Say it's as cool as the 406, which everyone in fly fishing knows. And what'd you do up there as a kid besides fish and be outside? Because again, everyone from Michigan seems to be an outdoors person. You have to. When you're stuck indoors so much during the long winter season, you're outside in a in a t-shirt, you know, when it's 40 degrees and there's still, you know, snow banks as, as high as your house nearly. I was into a lot of alternative sports, to be honest. And I think that kind of aligns with anglers and, and fishermen out there that it's kind of a, a different sport. You know, it's not a lot of ball and bat type of people are are fly fishermen. So yeah, I was into like skateboarding, BMX, mountain biking, and then uh, got the fly fishing bug in uh, my mid-teens and kind of, to be honest, almost dropped everything when I, when I started fly fishing. Of course, we always hear everyone's story. So how did you first get into the fly fishing, which is the most cliche question on all fly fishing podcasts, but it's what we got to know because that's why you're here. Yeah, I, I'd say it's maybe not your average, although maybe in, in today's modern society, maybe it is the way people get into the sport. But as a teenager, you know, I grew up around fishing, you know, conventional fishing you know, with, with the family, nobody was too into it. We just had, had gear and we had, we had a, a cabin, uh, you know, we fished for whatever would bite, you know, our camp cabin, lake house. Yeah. Not, not a summer retreat. Like most people refer to as, as camps, but just a, a cabin on, on the water. <laughs> so grew up around that knew a little bit about very little about fishing and had uh, two good buddies of mine, the ones that we skateboarded with, they kind of got into it. I think one of their fathers was uh, was from Livingston, Montana, and they moved out out, out to Michigan. And, and so he was into fly tying and, and tried it when, when he could. Us three just kind of ganged up together and found a local river and, and bought every Orvis book we could find at the time. And I actually scrounged up an old, uh, it was an old Fenwick not a Fenwick, actually, I wish it was probably a Fenwick at the time, an Eagle Claw, like seven weight, Fluger Medalist reel, some old cracked green uh, line of my grandfather's that I found in the outhouse at the camp <laughs> that my dad never touched. I, nobody really knew it was there. And uh, put that together, literally put a knot 
so big to connect a some monofilament to the end of the actual you know floating line you know i tied a knot so big i actually my first two or three times out i'd cut the knot at the tip top guide so i could actually reel in and, and break the rod down that's how little i knew about the sport yeah we just you know kind of built off each other like we were doing in other sports and one person figured out this knot and the other person kind of learned how to cast and we you know we'd share books back and forth and like circle flies and in, in, i don't even know what what magazine at the time yeah we all ended up being in the sport in some way believe it or not I'm, i've kind of been on the fly shop and brand side and teaching one is a guide right outside of missoula montana he made the trip back to back to montana and uh the other one let's just call him a trout bum <laughs> excellent i'm glad you all yeah. stick with it how yeah, often do you all cool. get together and see each other still you know, before we really kind of quote grew up, uh, I'd say I would do one trip out, out to visit them, uh, because they were both actually living in, in the Missoula area. So that kind of made sense for me to go out there and join them. We'd hit the Missouri river a couple of days. We'd hit the Blackfoot. We kind of had this, this trip that we did for a couple of years and now it's been two years, pandemic, yeah. uh, kids, you know, life, things like that, but, uh, we're going to make it happen again. How many ankle biters do you have at home? I have uh, an 11 month old son and a 11 year old ankle biter dog. (laughs) Do the dog and the human get along? You know, we keep the two a little separate. He's getting a little uh, cranky in his older age. So I I made the joke today about our house. It's like walking through multiple, multiple gates. You it's like you're in a maximum security prison. Like you, you open one door, close the other door. Um, yeah, he's not the old, uh, you know, friendly lab that, that where they could pile on each other, but yeah, our dog like, was pretty cool. He let her pull on his ears and fur and whatever. <laughs> and then she thought it'd be cool to, she'd like lean over and grab my chest hair and just yank some. Cause she did it to the dog and it was oh, not yeah. cool when she did it to me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. All right. So, yeah, so that's, that's the roots. What happened after Michigan? So you guys all. Graduate high school, head off in different directions. Where where did you end up? Yeah, I went to college in my hometown, Northern Michigan University. You know, uh, fished as much as I could, focused on uh, on a degree in marketing that took uh, a solid five years to to get through. Glad I did. My girlfriend at the time, wife now, went to school out in San Francisco. And when I graduated college, I made the trip out here and already had landed actually a job. One of the more notable fly independent fly shops at the time called Leland Fly Fishing Outfitters. Flyfishingoutfitters.com is what the website was. I don't know if that URL still exists anymore. But yeah, went out there and, and took a job at a fly shop in downtown San Francisco, both working in the e-com online side and then, you know, face to face with the with the customers that would walk in from the financial district, you know, decked out in you know, tweed tweed coats and talking about their their guided trips to the McLeod and you know all walks of life in between. And it was actually at a time when uh, we had a lot of international tourists and people uh, traveling who would stock up on a lot of their their fly gear with us because they were in San Francisco. They didn't want to pay the duties to to ship it. So those were always fun, you know, when somebody would drop like Heck yeah four to. I mean, I think sometimes there'd be like, oh yeah, they just dropped eight thousand dollars, you know, on everything that they need for the next, you know, couple of years or for them, maybe it was just a year. 
Yeah, the kids up the street at college, I guess cars are cheaper here than in China. So they've got McLarens, Lamborghinis, Beamers. Yeah. Buy stuff when you're here. If it's cheap. Yeah. So yeah, that fly shop, um, lots changed since then, but uh, it was pretty cool to work at, at this, you know, with a bunch of like-minded people, you know, working on the web, you know, fishing when we could, uh, going to the Golden Gate, angling, casting ponds, you know, really rooted in, in deep history. And we did a, did a lot while we were there. It started a, two brands and... Uh, was that Red days. Truck? Red Truck Rods? That was, yeah. Red Truck and, and Leland, my phone's uh, Alexa was going off there. Sorry about that. Yeah, Led, Leland, Red Truck. And then um, what actually brought me to Sonoma was, was this fly fishing ranch and concept of teaching people in wine country how to, how to fly fish in the, among, uh, among the vineyards, which was a really cool uh, concept. I want to do that. Yeah. I'd do it amongst <laughs> so garbage. Yeah. You know how cool the change of scenery would be? Vineyards from graffiti and piles of beer cans and discarded cast nets? Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. A lot of this has since closed due to just unfortunate circumstances of, of the time and juggling of multiple brands and, and things of that nature. Uh, some people have have stuck with with it in some aspects. It was a great six years in the, in the fly industry from a really unique perspective, as opposed to. I mean, we had our you know standard fly shop culture. Uh, that 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 was cool. You know, I've rigged. Over you know over a thousand reels, and what was cool about that that shop is you know there's sometimes destination where it's like okay how many five weight lines can you you put on for for this stretch of rivers around you, uh, but you know I've I've put more gel you know thousands of yards of gel spun on you know marlin reels you know mm-hmm. hoping to God what, what's your not going to be for your yeah what's my what, yeah, to how's, the my, how's my bimini twist you know this person's coming in ready for that that trip of a lifetime so uh, you know, nervous. I've, I've, I've nervous yet to even fish for marlin i've yet to to cast to adult tarpon you know um lucky been lucky enough to go on some tropical trips but not in the volume that, that we were outfitting uh, people to go on these exotic destinations so the owner of the shop whose grandfather was leland my wife's friend grew up with him interesting small world yeah, it is a small one yeah. yeah so you did some guiding was that for them or is that somewhere else so I wouldn't even call it traditional guiding. I, I was more on the education side uh, as, as casting instructor, you know, on, on weeknights and weekends locally at, at the casting ponds, which was great. And at the, at the, uh, at the Sonoma uh, fishing ranch, uh, you know, for, for many years, took a lot of groups out on some of our, our easier stretches, like the North Fork of the Yuba in uh, the Sierra, uh, where we would t- take uh, groups out. And, and, you know, you're juggling multiple people at one time. I, I'm, I'll be the first to say I, I never had it in me to be like a traditional guide. I had just too much, too much pressure on myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I commend all, all guides out there, no matter what type of body of water you're on, uh, just setting expectations. And it's a lot. We have, uh, we even have here in Sonoma where I'm, I'm calling from the, the Napa river is is a short stretch of water loaded with striped bass. It's it's near connected to the California Delta, which which a lot of people know for for its bass 
species, both, you know, largemouth and, and striped bass. Um, and, and we've got a pretty good culture here of, of anglers. And one guide, a friend of mine, Patrick McKenzie, has a, has a brand new Boston whaler. And he's taking people out on, on these bodies of water that are not written up really anywhere. You know, no, people don't come to the Napa uh, for, for destination striper, nor should they. But they should come for the wine and whatever else is around here and, and fish while they can. I've only been up there once, and it was for my little cousin's bar mitzvah. Okay. I think I brought in, in a the rod. North Bay, San Francisco area? Yeah. Sausalito, yeah. that way. Oh, yeah. Yep. That, that was I mean, it. Sausalito is all around there, loaded loaded with striped bass. I mean, yeah. it can be somewhat seasonal, you know, if you're getting adult or, or the fish that are kind of residing there. And it's funny how the, how fishing and culture changes. You know, this, this story of when... when let's say in 2010, when, when there was 25 of us working at this fly shop and all we want to do is hit the road for the weekend and head to the Sierra uh, or up north towards, towards Redding and get away. Not one of us was fishing from the beach or our jetty in San Francisco going after stripers. Some people hit surf perch maybe, um, you know, along the, along the coast, you know, you get, it, get beat up by the waves and there were stripers there. And then a few people started doing it. And I'm sure you hear about this in other rivers, whether it, whether it helps them or hurts them, you know, the, the, the ecosystem. But now there are tons of, of people in San Francisco chasing stripers from downtown. There's a fly shop there that sort of replaced Leland called Lost Coast Outfitters, another former coworker and friend of mine, George Rebell owns that and they have really spearheaded you know designing rods for for striper fishing here and sending people out and you know i have no problem saying that because there's there's a decent amount of a free area to go you know and there's right. not a ton of secrets in in striper fishing so i would you know i wouldn't maybe speak to this on on a local trout stream yeah it's been really cool to see and it's just funny how how the world changes that uh that there's been this like newfound species among anglers in san francisco that that were not targeting them 10 years ago right right and then having lived around there and i'm sure you bumped into some quote-unquote old timers did you ever hear stories about bill shad oh yeah um rivers of a lost coast i mean there was maybe one or two fly shop customers that that either knew him yeah that knew him that fished with him uh, Russ Chatham was one. Russell Chatham. He just passed away. Uh, you know, yeah, well-known artist and just a, a, a character, right? Yeah, 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 I've met him a couple times. Rigged a reel for his. Gosh, it wasn't that long ago. It seems like, but yeah, rigged a reel, a hardy reel, used hardy reel. He brought in. It was for a a lady friend of his. <laughs> yeah. So Bill, I mean, I I only know of him from Rivers of the Lost Coast, and then there was that book that um, Doug Brudico. And, and friends put out, I forget the name of it, but it's a, it's a worthwhile winter coffee table book on all the characters surrounding the, the Russian river, uh, which is actually not far from our office either. 10 minutes away, you, you got the Russian. There was a brief story about him in Trey Combs' book. Is it Trey Combs wrote Steelhead? Yeah. The name Steelhead sounds familiar, book. but I, I don't know. Okay. Regardless. So, how did you go from teaching fly fishing, working in fly shops to one of the bigger, if not, I mean, everyone knows buff. How'd you get up there? Yeah. Good timing. 
fortunate, yeah, fortunate timing. So, so Leland essentially closed most operations. I was down to maybe the the third last employee of, of 25 at, at one time. And, uh, and that, it was laid off. Was that due to the competition with online? You don't have to get into why it closed, but was it sort of like why a lot of modern small shops close? It was. Yeah. I mean, we were spearheading online quality of shopping when I started, you know, taking our own photos in house, making our own YouTube videos. You know, I, I managed and ran the trade-in program for, for many years. So it wasn't necessarily because of that, like, like losing out on, on the modernness. It was almost being too modern for what was to come with brands going direct and, and things of that nature, you know, that, that brands need to do, um, you know, without naming names there and probably just doing too much all at once. Um, a lot of great innovative ideas came from a collective of individuals that, that we worked with in, in casting instruction, like theory and, and rod design and, and rod accumulation and what rods and, you know, lengths and weights are the the best for certain, you know, techniques and fish, but getting back to, to that. So yeah, it just, everything kind of collapsed faster or slow, depending on the way, way you look at it. And uh, so I was laid off and found that buff, I had no idea was in, in Santa Rosa, like 40 minutes away. I, I sold buff, you know, at the fly shop for many years, you know, we had the buff display and all of that. And, um, uh, Looked him up and messaged the uh, the marketing manager at the time on on LinkedIn, and the, the rest is history. Five years, five years later. Most excellent. So, what is your official yeah. role now? Yeah, so I'm the the media marketing manager uh, at Buff. It's kind of a, a mouthful, and and what we consider media at, at Buff is is a multitude of things. It's it's working closely with our our ambassadors, our our brand and nonprofit partners, so PR angle and media relations there. It's kind of being a, a spokesperson at, at times, you know, being in front of a, a camera and and also kind of the in-house fishing expert. A couple of us uh, fish on the team, which is great for, for product development and things of that nature. And yeah, and some e-commerce uh, things as well. So yeah, wear a couple different hats every every day, it seems. Not, you don't wear a couple buffs? Well, you do have buff hats. We do. Yeah. The yeah, beanie. Like a huge jump. Pardon? The beanie is my absolute favorite. That little black. Yeah. One we really make really stretch. quality beanies, hats. Uh, we make some really cool packable caps as well. It's kind of an expansion area for, for us. But, you know, our core product is the, is the multifunctional headwear. How did that come it. about? The first, I think most of us ever heard of it was on season one of Survivor. Yeah, and still still going strong. Had a little hiccup in in filming Survivor this past you know year, but they're they're back filming. I think it's season forty one will be. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal: develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Filming or uh, be airing soon. Yeah, that's that's always a great kind of icebreaker. What is, what is buff if you don't know it? Because you either know it 
and you're like, oh, I love them. I, I, got, I have tons of buff gear. Or what the heck is that thing? I've never heard of it. And then COVID uh, comes around and everyone's covering their faces. Yeah, we can get into that if, if you want. But yeah, and, we actually just hit our 30-year uh, anniversary uh, really? with with Roots and our, our global headquarters is uh, in Barcelona, Spain. Yeah, it's, I've always uh, seen the Spanish print on on the packaging. Yeah, there's I think there's Spanish, French, maybe German. Well, I think it says course. made in Spain. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we're really proud of our our, our roots in in Barcelona. And the, the long story short, there is our, our founder. Uh, his name was Juan Rojas. Had uh, roots in a, a family textile mill in Barcelona, and he was a adventurer, uh, enduro motorcycle rider, racer. And he was riding in the Pyrenees and they'd wear scarves and, you know, like neckwear is very, very popular in, in Europe. And they'd, he'd wear a scarf to kind of protect his face around, uh, you know, where the helmet and his apparel wouldn't cover. And he had these like military style boxer briefs. If you picture like one leg, you know, piece of, of, of briefs and it's like, oh, it kind of looks like a buff neck gator. And he pulled it up over his head and was like, wow, this is elastic. This fits it it's not flying like a scarf behind me used his expertise to create the the first um seamless multifunctional headwear started with underwear <laughs> yeah over the face That's, that is a great story yeah yeah so he's since passed a, a couple years ago uh there's still a lot of family ties to the, the business it's a huge factory we make nearly everything in house it's uh it's quite a sustainable operation and we're making some some huge strides to even improve that as we speak with with our our corporation and yeah we're all over the world we're in like 1200 us retailers and and here's kind of the funny story and why we're why we're talking fly fishing is that fly fishing or fishing let's just say is is for buff is only really pronounced in in north america united states and and canada um, so I knew of buff through fly fishing, but believe it or not, you know, nation or worldwide, you know, we're, we're big in skiing and snowboarding, adventure sports, you know, trail running, uh, you know, multitude of other kind of maybe fringe sports, you know, not like I mentioned earlier, kind of ball and bat sports, but you know, like, yeah, lots of hiking, you know, backpacking, even there's a whole lifestyle collection uh, that, that you see more in in Europe of knitted neckwear and, and hats. So yeah, we kind of have this unique angle in the US um, on the fly fishing side with, you know, that's why we, we make, you know, sun gloves and UV arm sleeves and ha- work with artists like Derek DeYoung and Alexandra Nicole and some really uh, fun wearable art has, has come from, from us in the US. So I saw on your social media, you got one with dead bears. We do actually. So we that'll match my that flip started flops. with Fly Lords. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Our our close partner and friends at, at Fly Lords, uh, they they have a relationship with with the licensing and did a kind of fun fly fishing themed uh, dancing bear design from the Grateful Dead. And then we will be launching our own collection here shortly as as well in the uh, summer of twenty twenty one. We're in. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Ancient it's pretty cool. It's a full collection. It's like five to six different ice cream cone kid. What's that? You got ice cream cone kid from oh, Europe 72. I don't, I don't know if I know that one. Oh man. That's like my, my logo. If I could have one. Yeah. I got that on my truck. I'll have to check it out. 
Yeah, man. Sweet. Now we did like the steal your face and the roses and of course dancing bears. And I'm, I'm kind of blanking on the two other ones. Why don't you just look stay like, tuned for those. Why don't you just look like Jerry with the beard? And then you just that put would it on be and look cool. like Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that bar mitzvah I went to, Phil Lesh was supposed to be there, the one I went to in California. It's funny. The dead family is is deep around here. In fact, I know some people who are quite good friends with them in the, in the wine industry. Yeah. I mean, they're, they, they tested their sound equipment up here in the Sonoma, Sonoma Hills, uh, in the Sonoma Valley, believe it or not. And yeah, they're you know, all based in, in Marin, uh, County, just North of San Francisco. So yeah, that's cool. I got my nose pierced in college, two blocks North of their house, just South of, uh, hate. <laughs> no kidding. That's the yeah, place to was, do it. Uh, mom was not happy with that. <laughs> And then two guys try to sell me a van around the corner. They're like 400 bucks and you just need spark plugs. It's like, man, I could drive this back to Virginia from California. It would be awesome. So dating was, yourself, what, what year was this in San Francisco? Approximately 96. All right. That was real San Francisco. That's was another thing. The, the, the fishing has changed in the city and holy, the culture has changed. And even through this pandemic, I hear it's, it's, quite wild just yeah. i walked around with an eight weight i don't think i ever broke it out <laughs> but i definitely i walked the whole from the, the gear deli factory all the way to the golden gate bridge that's funny if you were to do that today on the early morning you'd probably see one or two people casting a fly rod whereas prior to that uh, yeah there's chrissy field uh, which is uh, just kind of at the south end of the Golden Gate Bridge, big open area, brings tons of tourists. I like the Presidio. And, yep, exactly. That's uh, that's a great spot as as long as you you get there before um, before any crowds show up. So early weekday mornings, there's there's a there's a whole crew that's going before work. You know, pre pre pandemic. It's like us, there. man, in DC, stripers on the way in. Yeah, you just throwing clousers at them. Do you have to match anything out there? I know you got some like mitten crabs introduced from somewhere. I know it's that not, whole bay is full of non-native species. Yeah, it's pretty much clousers. Yeah, I mean, in, in various, you know, chartreuse and white. I I personally like uh, kind of more natural grays meets orange and yellow even. Never really using the black and chartreuse personally. And, and uh, some people have even uh, caught some... Uh, flounder and halibut on the fly and, nice. and you can actually target those i have not been out with anybody who's done that near near the presidio christie field but uh you can do it and take home your 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 catch on the fly which is pretty cool and you're in some pretty pretty clean water there as well where where i fish i don't necessarily uh keep many stripers just because there's just so much uh you know so many vineyards around and not a, not a ton of water moving through do you have a favorite San Francisco location shot movie? Hmm. I mean, I would watch what was the car driving movie from the the Rock seventies. Well, the uh, Rock, yeah, probably the Rock. Actually, that was rock. like that was my heyday of youth. Like, yeah, that was like almost a scary movie to me. Uh, but uh, what's the? It's some old car movie. Uh, that you could actually, they, they would play it. They would screen it in the square where a lot of the scenes were uh, at the time, kind of in, in Russian, Russian Valley. It's been so long. I, I go to San Francisco now and I kind of look at the buildings like a tourist, like, Oh wow. Those are tall. 
Yeah, we, uh, I, I watching, lived and worked right downtown for many years. We've been watching So I Married an Axe Murderer. I've not heard of it. Got to check it out. You've never seen So I Married, like, I'm in a nutshell. Help, I can't get out. Keyed pants, no. You don't remember the... <laughs> All right, well, that's going to be the opening for those who have already gotten through the podcast. Like We're going to be playing that. All right, so <laughs> what, what are some of the other... About? What's that? I said, what is this podcast about? <laughs> it's not about sandwiches today, at least. We'll get to that later. Uh, do you have any perks? Like, do you, besides, you said a fishing team, do you get to travel to try products out? Yeah. I mean, I've gone on a few few trips down. Uh, usually, they're they're tied into, like, ICAST, IFTD, you know, where you can get out with a, with a close partner and kind of build some, some team and community uh, around it, you know, and hit up the Tampa Bay a couple times, you know, during ICAST, you know, fished what do they call that a bass tournament before, uh, before the tournament that, that was pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, buff and fishing and we just kind of built out a, a pretty unique ambassador team. We, we do, uh, we do a custom buff product for both Yeti and Howler, Howler brothers. And so we found some synergy synergy there between like, uh, the names like Alvin Dido, uh, JT Van Zant, David Mangum, uh, Maddie Brenneman uh, kind of like have some connection to either like Yeti or Howler and they're just great anglers for the sport in their own unique way and so that's that's kind of our 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 portfolio of, of buff ambassadors kind of representing the brand uh, for us which is pretty cool to to work with them if you need one in DC you know where to find me I uh, yeah I saw you've been wearing the gloves rocking those hard yeah I Gloves, buff. I wear a buff. I mean, just I'm always out. If I'm mowing the lawn, I just pull it up so I don't inhale all the, the dirt and pollen. If I'm walking my kid to school, I put it up to go into school property. I still wear it in stores. Uh, but you guys also came out with the post COVID. Let's just let's just be clear there. Yeah. We we were not doing this pre-COVID. This is a post-COVID thing. Yeah. Or during, you know, after it started. Uh, yeah, I've got basically my buff drawer. Because yeah. I wear mine yeah. to sleep at night. I wear it as a sleeping mask and then I've done that on travels. It's always yeah. It's cool, always just around my neck, you know, maybe even beyond fishing. It, it's, it's like as important, you know, as your polarized sunglasses, I mean, not as important, but nearly, you know, because of it's so lightweight and so multifunctional. I mean, we say you can wear it 12 plus different ways. I mean, it's, it's literally saved people's lives. You know, I've heard stories of, using it as a tourniquet, like in a pinch or, you know, these, you can kind of twist it up and almost use it as like an ankle supporting brace. You could use it as a sling. I haven't heard of that actually being done like in the field. And then, yeah, your, your eye mask when you're trying to get some Z's on it. What you guys did to the bandana is what like solo stove did to the fire pit. Yeah. Yeah. And we've done a lot like, you know, since, the invention of the product, a uh, seamless tubular multifunctional headwear. I'll, I'll say the long, long name because that is our, that is our kind of legal category. Buff what's, is, the, uh, what's the acronym brand. for inside the office? Oh, you don't want to know. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go on from that. <laughs> We've got a bunch. <laughs> but I can tell you what we call knockoffs, uh, stretchy yeah. toilet paper sometimes. Right. So that, I wanted to get into that, that it's, everyone sees a hard-sided cooler and they say, it's a Yeti. You see yeah. lip balm, it's chapstick. You got to blow your nose. It's Kleenex. So yep. you, you guys are sort of 
the brand name, even though if it's not yours for stretchy toilet paper? Yeah, long story short, since we invented the category, since we could prove that, we do have the registered global trademark on the buff name. So no one else can can use buff in conjunction with neck gator, tubular neck gator. And then we go through great lengths to uphold that and, and assert that kind of position on it because it is so important while doing so you know, we don't call our product a buff because that would then be sort of bringing it down to the generic term in which anglers worldwide, you know, call the product. But uh, it's a neck gaiter. It's uh, it's a face mask. It's a multifunctional headwear. There's other, you know, generic terms that, that we can all call it. And, and, and the reason we do that, you know, ourselves is because, you know, the brand name is is important. We're proud of what, what we built. And in fishing and, and we're doing a lot to not on the brand side, although we are uh, in terms of product that a lot of people don't know is that, you know, two recycled plastic bottles on average goes into every, every product. So it's, it's, it's 95% recycled uh, using uh, reprieve raw materials. The reprieve is like a, a branded raw material from, from recycled bottles. You know, there's cooling technology in our CoolNet UV Plus line. It's UPF 50 sun protection. So there's a lot of kind of like swag type products out there that might look cool. But if you don't know the, you know, where it came from, you, you don't know the level of sun protection. You, you don't know where it's made. Uh, and a lot of that's, you know, important to everyone in, in this day and age. And, and back to the, the brand, I mean, we are going to be making some great lengths in the next year, 22, 23 to be well-known in, in sustainability and, and give back as a brand, both on the environmental side and sort of uh, on the community angle of it in, in fly fishing, you know, welcoming, you know, all walks of life into the sport, sport and supporting that. Have you ever done anything for any famous bands like Metallica's ordered some, or besides we already got the dead ones, but you ever get just an order and you're just like, whoa, Hey, now we do. I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anywhere. It's just like, whoa, they just ordered like 500 units or, or sometimes it's really small too. It's like, oh, they ordered 50 for this, this fishing trip by somebody notable, you know, gosh, you, you caught me at a, at a blanky moment on, on where it's like, then, do oh, you yeah, ever they, misprint they them? And then you've got a whole bunch of kids in some far off place <laughs> that are wearing like last year's Super Bowl champion plus the. There's some instances of that. It doesn't happen too often, but we definitely do whatever we can and what's right, you know, for anything that, that is as a, as a misprint or something along those, those lines here. What patterns would get rejected by buff if somebody wanted to order a bunch? Well, you mean like a, a design we wouldn't make? Yes. Like you had any you strange yeah. Any strange requests? Nothing like offensive, like Nazi logos or. Yeah. But anything just absurd that you're like, no, nah, man, that ain't going to fly. No, I can't think of anything. I, we have a custom department who fields a lot, a lot of these. I, I, I spearhead a lot of custom projects with, with partners and, and individuals. But I wish I knew more of, of those stories. I'm thinking back on the, you know, the random customers. There's, yeah, there's been, I mean, celebrities that order. And it's like, oh, they're just shipping it to their house and like somebody oh, you know when they're like we're just looking that. at their house on you know on on google maps it's like wow <laughs> I'll, I'll keep those names in, uh, you know anonymous for 
for them, but th- that happens. Yeah. And when big brands just approach us, you know, that we have no relationship with, like we want to order a, a huge number of these. That's, that's always really, really fun. Yeah. And then in terms of, you know, like producing large quantities for, for good, like we just finished production for captains for clean water. Mm-hmm. based out of Florida, protecting the Everglades and all the water issues going on there with Lake Okeechobee. And so every new member of Captains for Clean Water gets a, a cool net, buff, multifunctional headwear, uh, and it's $35 to, to join. Uh, and you get that and a package of other things. So yeah, we're doing a lot of good with, uh, with our custom product as well. Eventually, I want to get Tidal Potomac Fly Rodder ones. But we yeah, don't really that would do be much. Cool. We should. Anymore. Yeah, give them out, sport them proudly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we can do pretty much anything. I mean, some people have sent in, you know, photos, and we we kind of render those down. And you know, there's always the repeating logo. But yeah, we're a pretty talented in-house design department that can uh, make you know the vision come to life. That's good branding. I guess I'll leave it there because I don't need to to push it too, too much. But yeah, custom our custom program is pretty cool. Which of your products is the one that you use the most? Do you have you a know, favorite amongst into, others? I know this is outside of fishing, but I've gotten into trail running out here. We're actually big into trail running as, as a brand and, and running in, in general. So there's uh mountain lions. There's what's there's what's used to be called the half half buff. It's now called the uh, UV. Coolnet UV half, I think is the, the exact name of, of it. We're going through a slight name change. So that's why I kind of stumbled for a moment. Yeah, it's, it works awesome. Like headband, wear it around your, your neck to just kind of cover a little bit of sun, absorb some sweat, throw it on your wrist as a, as a sweat band. And um, which actually is a good segue into, uh, have you heard of uh, the Rocky Mountain Flyathlon? I have not, but I want or, to get to it. Or like the, about the, the organization Fever. Running Rivers. Uh, it's pretty cool that it's it's actually a trail running race combined with a fly fishing tournament. And I know not many of us are into the tournament scene of, of fly fishing. I mean, right. you know, there was all that, that is <laughs> that dude in Denver, like five or six years ago who had some tournament going and people were putting money in and then he just ghosted everybody. Oh, I don't know of that. I don't yeah. think that's the, I don't think that's flyathlon because they're still going, going strong. Um, but you got to run and fish. Yeah. And it's like yeah, this combination. They're not super long. I think it's like a couple miles and it's this cool kind of combo of, you know, you can run out and, and run back and maybe not catch a fish. And, and I don't think you'd win, but you could be, re- you could be like considered the fastest or basically it's a catch photo release type of, of contest, which people are somewhat more familiar with, you know, they have a, a, a measuring tape that they give you. So you can, and it runs along a river. So you could hop off at any point during this out and back and fet, you know, fish this stretch of river. Hopefully you catch something, take your picture, you run back. And, and there's like this system of, you know, for every inch of fish you catch it at, it reduces your time by X amount. Super cool concept. And it's all for, all for a good cause. You know, it's all for giving back to the, the local watersheds. I think there's one on the Driftless region. Uh, there's a bunch in Colorado. Is this the one where you have and to the, chug a beer? Oh yeah, it, uh, I just finished their, their custom buff neck gator and it says run fish beer it's awesome yeah yeah, yeah this sounds familiar 
And like, yeah, there's like a BB gun cam shooting contest. What? This sounds yeah, I hear they're fun. a riot. Um, you need to do one of these for Tidal Potomac Fly Rodders. Yeah, hook up with them. I uh, Andrew Todd is the is the founder, kind of behind it all, out of out of Denver, and he's a he's a biologist, I believe. So, yeah, you can do a lot of a lot of good in in fly fishing. It's pretty cool. And then, do your coworkers fish? Is it do they have to screen you for outdoor activities before you can get a job? You know, many are into some some outdoor pursuit. There, there's a couple of us that are that are quite passionate about fly fishing, and you know, it came from came from roots in that. So yeah, it's it's nice to have, and like I said, it helps you know helps our our relationship and and our our product quality, you know, in terms of our our licensees and and just cool wearable art. I mean, everyone knows Derek DeYoung and, and fishing and. You know, it's it's nice to be able to you know most people couldn't buy a, a a De Young print, let alone a you know original. He's so so talented and unique, but you know you can kind of wear that around your your neck and you know has a cool cool style. Do you ever search out artists, or do they come to you first? And imagine being at iCast, you probably bump into some people trying. We to do, yeah. Uh, throw your ideas both, both pretty naturally, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a boatload I'd I'd love to work with. I mean, it, it's a it's a process, you know. Everything's planned out, you know, two years. It seems like two years in advance for the next season. And you know, is their art different enough than our existing, you know, patterns? But yeah, that's kind of you know an internal uh, employee of ours, you know, recommended or knew Alexandra Nicole, and she's a somewhat new artist for us, who's extremely talented from from the Charleston area and has made some. Uh, really cool new designs. So yeah, if anybody hasn't seen seen hers, there's some repeating fly patterns for both uh, salt and freshwater, and some some bonefish, and more to come. Have you been to Charleston before? I have not. That's that's definitely on the bucket list for both the everything. I mean, to to fish, of course. Yeah, it's just a cool cool culture. Let me think. You're not far from there. We're about six and a half seven hours. Oh, really? I guess I thought it was a little close. I think everything on the East Coast is close. Some some places are close. You're like, wow, you're like an hour away and some farther than I think. So where you are in California, how far do you drive to do things? To fish? Yeah. So you got fishing, you got skiing, you got yeah. avocados. So it's changing once again, traffic. You know, there's a lot of people out here. So many lanes on a freeway, so many exits and on ramps. So that has kind of, I don't know, slowed my my willingness to travel during peak weekends from the San Francisco. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. 
They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Bay Area, San Francisco, surrounding areas, North Bay, where I'm, where I'm from. Other than my local fishing, which is, and there's some reservoirs, there's some excellent bass fishing, Lake Berryessa, notable bass fishery. There's a there's a little trout stream that comes out of that. That's that's quite notable with some huge rainbows in it. But to, to get to the real good fishing, and we do have excellent fishing in the state. It's either uh, three to three and a half hours to like the Truckee area to fish the Truckee and surrounding rivers, uh, Redding and you know Mount Shasta, the McLeod, the Pitt River, the Trinity River for steelhead. Those would be about five to six. So Not yeah, bad. I would do when I was doing the fly shop thing. I mean, there would be day trips to the Trinity River you know, leaving at three, 4 AM and you're, you're back you know, the next day to, to catch a shift at the, at the fly shop. Now I'm like, I need three to four days and those are harder okay. to come by. In my <laughs> early twenties, we'd close up the shop on Friday at be out of there at nine, be out of the Chesapeake Bay by 10 30 fish till like three or four in the morning, drive home an hour. You go into bed one side, just roll over, get out on the other, go to the shop for the day. Those were the days. Kill me, man. Yeah. I could not do that now. <laughs> Sad. It like, happened I, so quick. I would pull into my apartment and hear the birds waking up, knowing I had to be at the shop at eight o'clock. Yeah, and just rally through it. Yeah. Now I have. Uh, now I. This is sad. Uh, I haven't put my waders on for almost a year. I know I'm on a fly fishing podcast, and I, yeah. I am. I'm, I'm saying that, but I am lucky enough. I do have a a 13 foot. Uh, Boston Whaler in the garage that's always ready to go. Literally, open the door, hook the truck up to it, and I'm on the Napa River in 20 minutes. So that sees the water a lot more. I, you know, rarely change rigs. You know, it's two, two rods, two, you know, two different sinking line, you know, rated line weight, and change the fly when I absolutely have to when it gets too mangled up or you know you rarely even lose them in the, in the Napa. So that's my kind of comfortable get out, you know, fish every couple weeks and, and gets the fix. I'm so. trying to get out more often myself. In fact, today, because the cicadas are really starting to move now. I heard there's an exceptional hatch this year. It's, I mean, like nationwide, I mean, most people are probably like, Oh, cicadas, what is that? And what, uh, what is the world ending but so thousands how does that affect your fishing uh and for what species in dc are, so are we today, talking trout or i had shots at largemouth bluegill grass carp koi or giant orange or something and snakehead and the third okay, snakehead so the warm water fish yeah bumped the snakehead came up and bumped the fly <laughs> but I didn't see a single cicada land in the water. It's just starting to get loud. It just sounds like there's somebody using a leaf blower in 360 degrees and you can't walk the, the road. Our street is just tiny. There's not even paint on it. It's like one lane and every couple of inches is a quarter size, just peanut butter colored splat. Wild thousands. Yeah. So and these then, fish that normally you would have to, really work you know with a terrestrial oh no these are during a certain type fish. of year now they're just all looking up i don't know i've never fished the cicada hatch before and you know i've tied hundreds and hundreds of them and i'm just hoping that 
they start looking up. We're going to do the local lake that's got musky and snakehead next Tuesday. Trying to get a snakehead to eat on top. See, that's what's cool about local local fishing. It's like, you know, this isn't a blue ribbon trout stream that, that we're talking about. We're, we're talking about <laughs> snakeheads hitting the like once in how many years cicada hatch and fishing years. from stripers. And that's what I think the more ground, people need to, need to I'm going to text you a movie right now. Uh, let's see which one I can show you. Just how many there are and how my yard is just moving every morning. You think that uh, you're done with them. Where do, I, where do I find that? I want to copy that. This part I can just cut out right here. You know, a career in the fly fishing industry is it's a great way to, to live your, your passion and talk about fishing, even though you can't do it every day. You know, there's a lot of places across the country where no, you can't just go after work and fish for, you know, 14 inch brown trout. There are tons of places you can. And if you live there, you are lucky, you know, catch the hatch and do all that. Love the fly fishing industry and the people that, that surround it and can't wait to get to IFTD, you know, this, this coming fall, it's I think in Salt Lake city and yeah, Buff is doing a lot this year to, uh, to just stay ahead of the curve and, and, and be champions of, of all things, uh, good in fly fishing. I like that, man. And I like that you work for an awesome company that I've just been using forever. I think, you know, I started using them first. When I would go to DC United games and people would throw smoke bombs in our section. Oh my God. And I think that's when I started wearing one. Our supporters group logo is skull and crossbones. I worked in an outdoor store for years and we had them and I just didn't appreciate what it was. And then you start wearing the full on neck gator seamless tube long word you have. Yeah. You're just like, this is an indispensable item of my gear not just for fishing but when i'm on an airplane i still wear one of my eyes yeah hot cold wind sun you know it can all be the same exact product and it feels good because it's yeah. uh it's almost june of 21 and i made it through talking to somebody and we barely touched on the on the pandemic so that that is probably a good sign and i can say that yeah. we had a pretty good year uh we introduced buff to a lot of a lot of people and did a lot of good with that that money as well we've got a whole new give back program um that we'll be announcing soon as well so it's good to not talk about the the pandemic and net gators for going to the grocery store you can keep doing that if you want to and when 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 you need to i mean by all means i'm not i'm not saying that that's a bad thing but i'm saying it's a good thing that we're, we're getting somewhat back to normal yeah i'm gonna be trout fishing with a bunch of people this weekend in fact producer jason is coming down and I think cool. we're going to be fishing our bamboo rods together with some dry flies. I've been tying That's up where it's at. Little, it's the time of year. Yeah. So I got these itty bitty little midges. I'm going to drop behind these foam split tail mayflies. So I'm using the extra foam from my cicadas. I mean, I have piles of it and I just wrap that around the body and then use white, the wing material for the cicadas for the wings on these and then paintbrush bristles and what's the what's the cane rod of of choice is it something i inherited a whole bunch of gear from a friend uh two years ago and i these are refurbished rods i don't think they're anything well known 
he kind of got the the not so nice ones. I took the nicer ones. I got first dibs. <laughs> and yeah, I've got I'm pretty stoked for this weekend about going down. I'll be wearing the uh the cool max white one probably because it's gonna be 91 degrees this weekend. Perfect. Oh my gosh. The water's gonna be light. It hasn't rained maybe three weeks now, two weeks. Well, don't talk to me about rain. Well, actually, it's weird enough. It did a sprinkle here in Sonoma, California, but we're in one of our worst droughts in, in recent years. And so anybody who's out in NorCal fish early in the season. <laughs> My brother-in-law uh, lives in Emeryville. Oh, yeah, that's not far. And he came out here once and we had the sprinkler on and we had just gotten six inches of rain like five days before. And he's standing there, just jaw dropped, watching kids just run through a sprinkler. And he's saying, how, you know, someone's going to call the police on us and we're yeah. wasting water. And I'm like, dude, dude, chill out, man. We got like, like three feet of rain already this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a wild, it's a wild state in more ways than one all around, you know, people who work really hard and some unique bodies of water. I mean, it, it's so much more diverse than say any other inland uh, you know, fishy state. And you know what that's like in, in DC. You've got the, you've got your estuaries, you've got your coastal, you still have trout and anadromous right. fish. And so, yeah. Do you ever do shark fishing in the Bay? No, but I, uh, it's on my list to go with Conway Bowman down in San Diego and go after Makos. Yeah. Hope one doesn't jump in the boat. He said that actually happens. So we learned that on the Tom Rowland podcast. I said, do people okay. ever fish for all those tarpon that are hanging around the marinas and stuff? And he said, man, you can hook one of those. They'll jump in a boat and just destroy it. Yeah. yeah breaking rods. Yeah. Things you don't, uh, that doesn't occur when you hook a hickory shad here. It's not going to jump in your boat and, and break things. No. In fact, they don't even have teeth. <laughs> yeah. They're so old. That's what's cool about hey, shad. Our shad run is just starting here. I've been seeing a few few reports. So yeah, they're, they're pretty fun. We've got very few American shad this year. That's all you guys have. Yeah. Yep. All right. On. All right you want to do some right. random questions and stuff to round out our, our buff podcast? Yeah. All right. So who's got the best sandwich in Sonoma? The best sandwich in Sonoma is angelo's deli and you don't necessarily go for their sandwiches you go for their beef jerky as the sandwiches are unique and good but the jerky is what you go for oh for sure yeah i had a jerky jerky bar at my wedding i spent like 120 dollars on jerky and the and the the jerky was gone before basically after we got done doing our pictures people at the reception ate it all have you ever been to that jerky store right over the Michigan border from Ohio? Around Very sim. Oh, not Michigan. I was going to say in northern Michigan over the over the Mackinac Bridge is a jerky kind of e- similar. It's like they're, they're smoked turkey jerky, for example, is what is a standout for me. That's a great fishing snack. All right. We do a lot of biltong here with our good friends, Ayoba. You can get them at Whole Foods out there. Hmm. Check it out. Yeah, man. All right. So we got that. What's your cure for a hangover other than don't go drinking? Yellow, the big yellow Gatorade, you know, the wide one. 64 ounce lemon lime. Yep. That's it. And you must be a cop because you know the name. 
No. You heard that one? No. Yeah, you're, you're, we did color, but <laughs> like I, I, yeah, you, I do orange. Describe it by the color. <laughs> Is yeah. it light blue or dark blue? I really only do purple and orange now. And See, those make... remind me of my childhood being sick. So lemon lime or yellow, as I call it, is the way to go. That's the cure. Yeah, man. Uh, what is something you consider just not cool in fly fishing? Someone does that, post a picture, and you're just like, man, that's not cool. Why you got to be like that? Oh, there's so much. In it. I'm, in, I'm inundated with so much that people tell me is not cool, you know, with, with accounts these days. And what is not cool? waders waders are not cool wet wade when you can or stand on a rock and just like you'll grow boobs fish, or, fish in fish in flip-flops and make good casts i know it kind of sounds kind of pretentious but waders are just a pain see here you gotta protect yourself from the estrogen in the potomac <laughs> okay I mean, if Back's all the cool. male bass have got eggs inside of them there's a lot of estrogen and i don't know what that'll do yeah. to me man like no, 16 it's, candles it's the... It's the, you know, 85 degree day, you know, freestone trout stream right. waters, what 70 degrees you're cool to the touch and you're full on chest waders, wading belt, no, you know, no, no a, fish slime on them. That's we have people a need stock to be Creek introduced here. to no waders. Yeah. The stock Creek down the street, you, you don't even need, you know, high top use wellies or flip-flops. You'll yeah. see people with chest waders on and a waiting staff and a net and all this. And what's unfortunate, the- there's a group of people and, and you know, fly fishing is, is a total journey, but there's people who might look at somebody in, in some wellies and be like, oh, they don't even have waders. Like they're not real. That's why yeah. I leave the plastic fly on fishermen like, oh, maybe they, maybe they've surpassed uh, the, the waiter period. Yeah. If I get a rod and it's got plastic on the cork, I'll leave that on just to see if someone comments. Like look at that guy. He's still got he's still got plastic on his cork. I just bought my first conventional rod in like uh, I don't know. I bought a I have a crab snaring rod that's different, but I just bought a conventional rod for the boat. And I was like, man, do I just leave the plastic on the cork? Like it's kind of cool. <laughs> I ripped it off. It's always fun to rip rip it off. What is a TV show you suggest listeners binge watch? Something that may be obscure off the beaten path that may not have come across while searching. You know, it's a, I don't know why this popped in my head. There's so many good ones that I could recommend, but maybe it's the theme of fly fishing. Tom Rowland uh, is this old show, not old, uh, a couple of years ago called Bloodline. Yes, it's about Florida. this family. Yeah, in in uh, in the Keys. Northern Keys. Actually, one of the guys wears Tom a buff Zamo. gator. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, check out that. It's a good good to binge. A couple seasons long. Gets super dark and twisted. And if it wasn't Florida and the Keys, I don't know if I would have watched it. Probably the same. Uh, yeah. I would say that like just the it's just kind of fun to see, you know, just South Florida and. I don't know, when you're sitting home at night and it's cold and raining or something. Absolutely. Yeah, I used to watch a show in high school called The Birds of Paradise with Seth Green. And not the one who put the shot and stripers in your rivers. And I only watched it because it was filmed in Hawaii. And I don't think it's on anything that you can stream now. But yeah, the main reason I watched that was it was just awesome scenery. Yeah. Like Magnum. Like Jeremiah Johnson. 
that's yeah. that's not a series but that's a movie that could be a series because it's what like three hours long when you watch it with commercials but if anybody hasn't watched that that's a that's a good scenic Great movie flick. and the quality is amazing for when it was shot i think it was actually shot in sometime like 1968 have you ever found something really weird when you're out fishing hmm something's got to wash up on those bays. oh yeah actually uh i'm trying to think if this spot burns no it doesn't a atm machine that i think i know where it was stolen from and the it was at a restaurant and the restaurant has since closed but the owner once told me he's like his people came in because i asked him why why the atm machine is covered with, with a towel at night he's like because people see it from the road <laughs> and he's like I, one one was stolen from here a couple of years ago so that's why i cover the atm machine he was cash only kind of unique uh diner like not far from there in a kind of fishing spot was a was an atm machine like half sunk That's in weird. the water on a ditch yeah what it about seems so old i never thought to call the cops you know it was like there was no reason to do that but that's probably the weirdest thing i have seen you know twice now a snake eating uh once a brown trout and then once a panfish and that was that's pretty cool yeah it's kind of bizarre how their mouth can just stretch out and just swallow something whole yeah or just two things like the brown trout was just like this little fingerling on the Truckee river you know like he's swallowing this this backwards because no scales i guess the snake just knows like oh you don't have scales i'm just gonna eat you backwards as opposed to the panfish has to go in you know head first yeah and this brown trout was just like this is it <laughs> you ever find like cool whale stuff that washes up like old whale vertebrae and bones no, I don't hit the beach uh, enough to find anything really cool here. Uh, I have hooked a couple crabs on the fly just by chance, but it's a living crab, not a, not a whalebone. What is something that you can get where you live that we can't get where we're listening? What's a local product to you guys? First comes to mind, Dungeness crab. But I hear you have probably pretty good crab as well, but everyone just raves about dungeness i mean it's it's so buttery and sweet that i mean yeah you can you can boil it and eat it warm or cold with nothing on it you know the claws you'd have to give me an epi pen shot before we do that oh <laughs> uh oh well then really good wine i like that which some is imported or you know not imported but you know sent across the united states there isn't quite a large industry but there is some here that's like you're not going to find at a supermarket uh or even a you know a specialty wine store that's like you got to kind of come here to to drink it what's a good fly fishing book you'd recommend you talked about the books you and your three buddies read as uh youths anything now you'd recommend oh, yeah anything old oh well uh so back to where i'm from um Robert Traver. Oh, Traver. Uh, yeah. Yep. I, my dog's name is Traver, actually. The, the 11 year old. Yeah. Any of his uh, trout madness, trout magic. I mean, if anyone knows John Gearrack and his short stories that kind of cure cabin fever, he, Robert Traver, John Volker was his real name. He would be the original John Gearrack. Uh, I think he passed away in 1994, but some some great short stories and 
all all kind of surround around like fishing in that era but we can all relate to it today as well you know like the fish car is one story and just funny things you do in fishing and the, the folks you encounter are there any social media blogs youtubers that we should follow you know if nobody knows them which would be surprising in, in fishing but i'd say that the content that fly lords is putting out in terms of like relevant videos and, and things for all walks of life and fishing is is pretty solid yeah blogs i used to always check out uh moldy chum and chai wolf are still pretty solid blogs out there you know do the daily morning check watch a fishing video see what's new in the industry right on yeah. Has the weather changed in any ways in uh, the recent years that's negatively affecting the fisheries where you are? Back to drought. I think that's, that's about it. You know, water management, there's the California Delta. That's got a lot of things going on with them pumping lots of water to the farmland in Southern California, taking away, you know, prime spawning habitat for, for the species there in the Delta and then kind of, sucking the water away from from the the rivers you know for for the anadromous you know salmon steelhead i mean we used to have some amazing runs of fish here you know up until the 70s and 80s but yeah i mean things even happen as quick as two years if only yeah. the podcast with jacob katz had recorded twice we would have learned about wait you had uh you interviewed him but then had technical difficulties Twice. I think that's the oh my reason gosh. I bought the Mac book was specifically because of. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's great. Um, I met him a, a couple of times. Uh, yeah. Great advocate for, for things you can do with science and, uh, you know, growing a uh, little salmon and uh, rice, rice fields. Yeah. Uh, it was all about the Nigiri project was the whole interview. Yeah. On that note, uh, not exactly sure when, when this is going to be out, but we, we, just one last plug for for Buff is uh, this three part video series we're launching called Anglers Driving Change, and uh, it focuses on a unique individual from casting for recovery. Made me think of it was oh, and Jacob Katz, Cal Trout, California Trout, but I'm about to mention Trout Unlimited. Everyone knows that uh, Renee Henry, fisheries scientist in the Shasta area, telling his unique story, and the video is is deep and and worth anyone watching uh and then the last one is, and these are all kind of like long format like sit back throw it up on youtube on your tv and then the last one is going to be on uh captains for clean water and telling that story from a unique angle coming out in uh early june of this year this so will be proud of the the content there well that'll lead me to the next question because this will come out next week what are your plans for memorial day weekend that's coming up, isn't it? Is that that's, that's next weekend? Is it next weekend? No, I don't do road trips during these big weekends anymore. I am getting up to the Sierra in in July, back to Michigan for a little while in June to fish. Yeah, just take the time. No, no plans. Stay home. Right Hang on, with man. the uh, eleven month old, almost a year year old. Yeah. Right, last question here to wrap up this fun evening. What's the uh... A story you can tell us that nobody else would believe unless you were there. For me today, that snakehead, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Nobody would believe so, it. So 
I would say it's this one. Condense this down. I was fishing off the Bitterroot River outside of Missoula, Montana with my buddy, the fishing guide that we mentioned earlier. Uh, it was my last day of fishing before I was actually flying up that evening and I'm like rushing to get ready. Like we're going to fish for like two hours where, where we caught fish earlier in the week. And this white uh, SUV pulls off the side of the road and like two guys get out. One guy's like, like decked out like Carhartt, like big chested dude. And the other guy's like all kind of fancy Western, like he just looked fancy. Like you can just tell when somebody's wearing like nice Western clothes. And he starts like spitting in my buddy's ear about like the water right issues going on. And you got to come to these meetings and like really passionately like, asking him like, what are you, like, are you a guide? And, yeah, I'm just with my buddy. Like we're fishing here. And I like, I'm, I'm like, I'm getting on the river. So I like finish. I'll catch up with you guys. They're still like, talking like heated yet positive conversation. And I turn around and I look across the river and it's Huey Lewis. <laughs> right on. Yeah. And, and he's and, like, uh, Huey Lewis is like Shia LaBeouf, get off my property. Yeah. A lot of the issues with property around there. Um, and that's that's what they were talking about. And everyone knows that Huey has property in the Missoula area. So uh, yeah, just like clicked in that moment. And he didn't realize it either until he met me on the other side of the river because I wasn't, I had no reason to go back and be like, oh, can I get your autograph? And uh, he he's like, holy crap yeah that was just huey lewis and he knew that he lived around there uh, as well but could not put two and two together in the in the heat of the moment so we have a national park amphitheater here called wolf trap it's byob everyone brings coolers and picnics it's the greatest place to see a live show in the summer and he would put on everyone said one of the greatest shows of the summer there and i never went to see him before he retired kind of upset man we have those stories. Yes. So where can we find you, Mr. Casey, on social media? Where can we find information on Buff and its products and the good work you'll be doing in the future that you're going to announce yeah. this summer? Simple. BuffUSA.com. Uh, we're in a ton of retailers as well. So always shop your local fly shop when you can. And uh, if you've got any old Buff gear, it's working great. That's awesome. We have this whole new CoolNet UV Plus line that is so much lighter so and thin. higher UV. So thin, it's like yeah. you don't feel like you need to like rip it off at the end of the, uh, yeah, you know, at the end of the day fishing. Like maybe our older, thicker ones. Buff underscore USA dot com is our Instagram. I'm Casey Rolig, the one and only Casey Rolig in the world, I believe. So pretty easy to find me. Fantastic. Well, thank you yeah. for finally sitting down with me. And we got this done. Yeah, it's great to great to uh, share. Uh, you still have an early evening out there. Yep, dinner time here. Right on, man. I'm gonna go watch some hockey playoffs and get a good night's sleep because I'm gonna go try and catch something big tomorrow. Good catching up, Rob. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right, see ya. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com
podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.